Ladies and future boys, welcome to another episode of the School for Wayward Nerds, the only school that causes more social distancing. My name is Toby Pollard, and this week we are sitting in like the first 20 minutes of an outbreak horror movie. Yeah. Uh, these me- movies tend to be shit boring to me. Not a big fan. I prefer my horror to be schlock, delightfully campy, and just plain fun. Yeah. Uh, my producer, Kai Steen, and I watched one recently. I prefer no horror. I know. That's why we watch ones that are so terrible that they barely count as horror. Yeah, they're more comedy. Hmm. Um, I'm not talking about Robocop 2. I'm not talking about Funland. I'm talking or about Robocop Shopping Mall. Mm. Robocop 1 didn't have a boy mobster in it. No. no. And it didn't have that one robot rip its head off and scream and die. Um, before we go into it, please rate, review, subscribe, um, do all that stuff. Find something in our back catalogue to keep you entertained during this time, all those good things. Yeah, like, you've, you've got time on your hands. You can't tell me that, like, you know, I've been busy lately. I'm on to you. Because unless you're me, you have nothing to do. I have a lot to do. Mm. So, Killbots is a movie about some laser-firing robots breaking up a weird almost orgy in a shopping mall. The movie came out in March 1986 and wasn't very successful. So, they did a little bit more editing and released Shopping Mall instead. Well, I don't know how different these could be, but I think Shopping Mall is better name. Do you remember six months before Frozen came out, there was that movie Cold and it just wasn't that good? No. <laughs> exactly. Um, written and directed by Jim Wynorski, uh, with help from Steve Mitchell and Julie Corman, the daughter of Roger Corman, mm. uh, schlock horror legend himself. Do you have any Corman favourites? I'm sure you do, you just wouldn't know it. Probably. I like Bucket of Blood the best, I don't, but there's so many. Um... Julie and Vestron Pictures wanted to make a Phantom of the Mall type of movie. Uh, Jim was brought in to write it if he could do it on the cheap. And he said if he could, he gets to direct as well. And they said, whatever, for sure, that's one less person to pay. Because mm. one thing about Corman movies is they're notoriously cheaply made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Shoptopus. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure Bucket of Blood was made... Out, like when they still had a few days left on the set of Little Shop of Horrors or something. Mm. Like a lot of his movies are just made out of B roll footage and having a day left over on the set. Mm. Um, yeah, it was his idea to change it from a phantom to robots. Mm. Um, they went over to Beverly Central to talk about filming this puppy. They were given a price and promptly went to Sherman Oaks. The mall from Fast Times at Ridgemount High and Commando. Uh, it took a day to write the plot. That's um, not very long. Um, a lot of the script was just ad-libbed, which probably saved him a lot of time writing. Well, usually ad-lib stuff is better. Usually. Think usually. So. Hey, what is that supposed to mean? <laughs> that the script isn't very good. Oh. We'll get to some examples of that as we go. Um, so the movie has a fun feel to it like like you said a lot of these sort of fun times do um it has that goofy adventure just to film it kind of vibe yeah um 
So the filming itself took about 20 days at the mall and two days at Coleman Studios. That seems like a lot of time. It's nothing. Yeah, but nothing It's surprising happens. how long movies take. Yeah, but nothing happens. They probably only got a small window to film because the mall has to be open during work hours. So that probably that probably takes a lot of it out. Probably could have filmed it in a weekend if they had the place. No, because it's nighttime and there's skylights. Yeah, I don't expect them to edit the brightness of this place. Exactly. So, when the movie opens, it reminded me of Frankenhooker. When the movie opens, it reminded me of Frankenhooker in a Tarsh opening. Like, the movie starts in a way that feels like we're five minutes in already. Yeah. Like, I agree with that. Because there's, like, a dude jewelry robbing just right off the bat. Yes. It also doesn't help that there's, like, no credits. There's, like, one for Vestron pictures, and that's it. Yeah. They just... It's very sudden. It's there. Um, yeah. Uh, what we are seeing in the beginning, though, is a video presentation of the security robots this mall's bringing in. Um, Kyle, what did you think of the look of these boys? Um... They're pretty big and terrifying. Big clunky things? They're very clunky. I wouldn't... Like, I don't understand... They, they wouldn't fit in a mall. <laughs> They've got, um... The bottom half of them's like a tank. Like, um, number five from Short Circuit. And they've got that red strip for eyes like Kit from Knight Rider has. And they try and, like, explain that... Like, they have peripheral vision like they can pick up if you hold out your card to them Mm -hmm. but that only works like once yeah and he holds it like right in the thing's face and he's like look it scans from far away and it's like literally like an inch away from his face and then every other person has an issue with it Hmm. and they don't explain it to the workers they explain it to the owners no everyone no, not know. everyone was there. I don't know everyone's there, but everyone seems to know about it. Um, and I find it weird that the robots start at a different time to the doors locking. Yeah, they're just there to sort of make sure everyone's gone, but then they don't do that either. Yeah. Um, I, One other detail of them I liked when you look at them is they're shaped to be tall, but they're also shaped to be aerodynamic, so they sort of have little beer bellies. Yeah, kind of. Little <laughs> chubbies. Um, another thing that I notice in this presentation that I love is the product placement. Like, I guess this movie came out before lawsuits were as prevalent as they are today. Because oh. it's an actual mall and there's trademark logos and shit everywhere. Like, this is true. There's no way McDonald's paid to be in this film. <laughs> I no. think maybe they're just there. We don't know. They didn't. If there's a chopping mall Happy Meal toy out there, I want to know about it. Well, there wouldn't be because it wouldn't be in a kid's So the only possible reason they would be involved is if they could sell a toy, like they did with Batman Returns, mm. which is probably gorier and scarier than this. Um, during the presentation, we are told these robots don't eat; they don't ever kill or do anything to harm anyone. They, um. They just contain people until the authorities can get there. They have sleeping darts and they have tasers. Uh, they also have a high-powered laser for getting through debris in case there's, like, a accident. I mean, it is LA. The chance of earthquake is yeah. quite high. 
earthquake. Maybe a, maybe a table and chair falls down. I don't know. Um, and they check the work, the workers' ID cards to distinguish intruders. It's all nice, safe, and simple until obviously it's not. Which that's a pretty basic, you know. Uh, literally, what we're going through at the moment. I was thinking it's more like exactly Jurassic Park. But that's what it's I'm like. Saying. It's all set it's... up and it's all safe until immediately everything goes wrong. Yeah. Um. So with the explanation of the robots out of the way, we get ourselves to a very eighties montage of mall life. Uh, we got chocolate covered children, shoplifting, public displays of affection, old people, all the tiles on your bingo card. Yeah. Although I don't think I'd ever seen a bikini model just roaming the mall advertising the mall before. Maybe that was an 80s thing and I just wasn't around for it, but I, I don't you think been, that exists. You've been to Surface Paradise. Yeah, but they're doing the parking me- tickets the or something. The meter maids they? are a thing. They're not just wandering around going shop at the mall you're already at. Yeah, but we have ladies that dress up at our mall. I will admit they're not in bikinis, they're in like race wear. Where? We walked past them like two weekends ago. They had weird hats on. They were standing near the bookshop. Yeah, yeah, something about horse racing, I assume. They looked like they were going on horse races. But not bikinis. They were not in bikinis, I'll give you that small. (laughs) That's all I need. No bikini babes at the mall. Alright, so at this point we also begin to meet our horny horror teenagers, so we'll go through some casting as we go. We first meet Allison, who is played by Callie Marini. Yeah. Yep. Uh, she works. She just started working in a diner with a woman named Susie, who is played by Barbara Compton. Uh, they are going to crack open some cold ones with the boys after shift. Um, it will be quoted as "good times to the max," <laughs> as you said, best script in the house. It is the best script in this movie, also. I'll say that much. Um, it's really not saying much, though. Mm. Um, Allison, right off the bat, is our like innocent, shy girl. So by horror movie rules, she's gonna probably survive. Mhm. Mhm. Um, after this scene, within the same day, the mall security robots are getting implemented. The servers on the rooftop are struck by lightning, and this makes them evil. Of course. Yep. Them's the rules. If it gets struck by lightning, it's alive now. Because Frankenstein. Yeah. The movie. I don't think that happened well, in the book. No. It, it gets struck multiple times. Do you think it went from good sentient robots to evil robots? I That's mean, what happened to Bender too, isn't it? He got electrocuted and then it stopped him from following his... Uh, directive. Yeah. And look at him now. Maybe you're right. Um, uh, we see that they're evil because one of the dudes in charge of them in a weird little sci-fi office, as you remember, the security office had like no cameras or anything, just had a lot of flashing beepies. Yeah. It was weird. Um, he gets stabbed in the throat by one of the robots. He does. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, we meet some more of our teenagers. Uh, we got Tony O'Dell playing Ferdy, who's the dorky one of the group. Yeah. We'll cover all of the... All the tropes? Yeah. Um, what's the next obvious trope? Art Jock. You're right. We got John Terleski playing Mick Brennan, the guy constantly chewing gum. Which really irritated me. 
But at least he's not there for very long. Oh, I... I, I Too much? It's like the I, opposite I, of ASMR for you. Look, I understand it makes people happy. I, all I can see is a cow chewing its cud. I was just looking at his huge chin the whole time. I wasn't really paying attention to what he was doing. I, I can't. I can't deal with it. I can't deal with it ever. It's well, you know who doesn't chew gum? The trio's leader, Nick Seagal, who is playing a guy named Greg. Greg's not too bad. Uh, they work in a furniture joint, like a small Harvey Norman looking thing. Yeah, kind of. Um, while they're finishing up for the... And for it's the, run by 30's uncle. Yeah. Which doesn't come up a whole lot, but yeah. There's a lot of almost setups that just don't matter. I know, that's why I'm pointing <laughs> it out. You've also got, um... Yeah, uh, look, they... I'll get to it, but... As they're packing up, we jump across to our newlyweds coming into town to catch up with their friends as well. Yeah. Uh, Rick and Linda. I played like by two. Russell Todd and Carrie Emerson. Uh, which leaves us one more horny teen victim to put into play, and that is Leslie. Um, which is Mick's girlfriend. Who works at her dad's store. Yeah, she, In the same shopping mall. Yeah, that, and, uh, again, weird that they bothered to... I guess they're kind of trying to flesh out the characters before we go into it, but it's it feels like it's supposed to matter, but I don't know. Um, yeah, she's played by a woman named Susie Slater. Alright, so the second robot technician gets killed while reading They Came From Outer Space. He's really creepy. Yeah. He comes in, and the other dude's not there, and he's like, hmm. I'm going to eat his so food. Don't know where he's gone. But I'm gonna eat this food he left. It's like half eaten. Yeah. And then he sits down and he keeps hearing noises from behind him, so he keeps turning around, but he's like, No, I won't check anything, I'll just sit here and do nothing. And then he's surprised when he gets killed. Yeah, yeah he's reading a book called They Came From Out of Space, which is a story compilation edited by the film's director, Jim Wanorski. Look, he nice has a spare part. copy in the back. I guess. Which is a bit of trivia that tangents well into the next scene. As Ferdy and Allison are watching Attack of the Crab Monsters, which is a Roger Corman film. Um, I love Allison's introduction to Ferdy when she spins in a chair like a James Bond villain. It is weird. She just needs like a hairless cat. To yeah, start. she needs to be patting a cat. It's like, I was expecting you, Mr. Ferdy. <laughs> you know, some of that action. Look, it's a blind day. Um, while they're watching their movie, the, the three other couples are drunkenly dancing together. Uh, the whole setup's. It's weird in this thing. Kaya, is it an orgy to have three separate monogamous sexual acts taking place within a few meters of each other? No, it's just one of my high school's parties. The loneliest orgy. Well, it doesn't start off that way. It starts off with the booze mm-hmm. and the dancing. Yeah. And, and obviously and the next thing happened. Yeah. It, it's like a social distancing orgy. But it's not, because they're all in the same room. It's... Hmm. It's an interesting concept. Is it voyeurism? Is it public sex? I don't know what it is. Well, the point is, they're all banging... it's at a mall. Yeah, but it's a closed mall. Yeah, but it's not closed. Like, the cleaners are still there, other workers are still there. Your body's still there having sex just over here. And isn't it weirder that one couple, mm-hmm. I say, in exclamation points, isn't they're just sitting there watching a movie. It's a good movie. 
that they hear everything. Yeah, and they literally do. Oh God, you're the king, etc. Yeah. It's good. No. Yep. So while the teens have their weird gathering in the furniture store, which I've titled Three Fucks in a Movie Night, um, the bot, the robots are combing the mall. They're doing their thing. Yeah, uh, they think they're doing the right thing. They think so. I, I don't know. Are they sentiently evil? Yes. Robot sci-fi stuff was never great. Um, so we see the janitor, the late and very great Dick Miller. I like him. Yep, we like him in pretty much everything he does. I don't in. know what he's cleaning off the floor, though. I don't know. Like It's very dirty water, whatever he's doing. It looks like shit. No, well, it's, it's dirty because he's been cleaning whatever's on the floor for a while now, but... If it's milkshake, it should have come up much easier than it does. Maybe he's... I just think he's mopping clay. It just looks like well, watered-down clay. That's what it kind of looked like, but I couldn't work out why someone had smooshed that that's over a, the tiled floor. That's a good prank, is making a big clay sandcastle in the middle of a fucking walkway. Look, I know this was made, you know, a, a couple of moons ago, hmm. but why do these mans just have beer on the job? Because their ship's over. He's going... His, his, Jobs mm-hmm. and the other cleaners are just leaving and they're drinking beers and they're like, You want to come for a beer? No, you're too busy doing your job. Um, are you a fucker? I think they're just bad at their job, <laughs> Yeah, but where are they keeping the beers? There's probably a bar in the mall somewhere. I don't know. It should be closed. The mall is closed now. I'm just pointing out the fact that there is wishy washy. If you're going to point out all the problems with the logic in this movie, it's going to be a long episode. But look, it can't be that. Continue. So the robot comes up to Dick Miller and asks for his badge. And he threatens it a little. He's not happy about the robots. No, he's worried it's got gremlins in it. Those damn Russians and their gremlins or whatever it is, he says. Yeah. It's a reference to the movie Gremlins. Probably. Yes. That's not probably. That's what I'm doing. Okay. Um, it fires like a warning shot of Taser towards him, which wasn't something that they explained it having. No, it had sleeping darts and laser vision. And Tasers. Really? And Tasers? Yeah, yeah it's okay. Um, so he goes to show it his ID badge, but he steps in the puddle that the Taser wire is in, so he gets electrocuted. As much as I love the guy, I don't think that's really the robot's fault. I thought he showed it the ID badge and then got mad at it because it still said that he had to show it. Yeah, he takes badge. a step closer and he steps in the puddle with the taser in it, which oh, okay. which is just lying limp on the ground. Yeah, it's probably his bad. Hmm. And it's weird that they're like playing the elusive route with the bots. Like, are they killing people or is it all an accident? Because they've already murdered two dudes clearly I, fucking I, day a second ago. Well, look, I clearly thought that it killed Dick Mill. Yeah. Um, that brings us to a kill count of three. Three. You want to do a sound effect? <laughs> Very good. Um, feel free to edit one in or don't. Probably not. All right, so all the teams that come out now, they're all happy and spent. As they do. That's what happens. It's also fine because they don't look like teenagers. They're all in their late 20s. You know how teenagers are in movies. Well, it never says that they're teenagers. It's just assumed because they're in a slasher movie, frankly. I don't assume they're teenagers. I would say early 20s. Well, they're out of school enough to have jobs. They're married. 
Mm-hmm. You're not married at 16. Mm-hmm. Well, you could be, but look, don't. Look, Alabama's a weird place. They're in California. I was... So. They're not cousins. You're done? <laughs> I could keep going. You are too tired for this. We see a yeah. little bit of titty, and Mike goes in search of cigarettes. Well, good that's because his woman tells him. Good old gum chewing Mike. Uh, he gets snuck up on by one of the robots, and he quotes the day the Earth stood still at it, and shows his badge. I love that quote because it pops up everywhere. Yeah. It's also the spell in Army of Darkness. I can't remember it off the top of my head. Yeah. It's Barada it, it, Nikto, and something starts with a K at the start of here. The, the point is, the bot doesn't really care about the badge at all. You know, um, his girl Leslie comes looking for him and finds him dead with his throat cut. Yes. Um, and that's when she gets r- ambushed by the robot firing his sweet ass lasers. Now, I love the consistency of the lasers, by the way. <laughs> she gets hit a few times and it just leaves like that black char yeah. on her back. But then the robot gets in a headshot and her, and her fucking whole skull explodes like in scanners. Um, which brings us to five dead. Yeah. Yep. Ding ding. Um, that, there's a lot to unpack there and it's mostly about consistency of things. The lasers make no sense. Sure. D- look, mm-hmm. no, the lasers I'm fine with. Okay, I, I can understand uh, that. Do you the think they have different le- levels have... of intensity? Well, they're not supposed to, but they do. They do. Because it explains in the beginning that they should be strong enough to cut through any, like, thing. Yeah, we see them cut through metal and stuff later. Right. Mm-hmm. But, they sometimes they injure a person enough that, like, they're severely bleeding, instantly dead. And or sometimes explode. you just get, like, the little... Bloop. That's what I'm saying, it's dumb. There's, there's no... Look, I'm just... Mm, You're repeating what I said and agreeing with me. Stupid. The other thing that doesn't make sense is the volume of the robots. They're so loud. No, they're loud in motion. They rev like quad bikes or something. But only if people know they're there. Yeah. Their sound is based on awareness. Well, I mean, I suppose that's true. It shouldn't be true. If you turn your back on a motorcycle, it sounds less loud. Apparently it's ninja quiet if you don't know it's there. But, you know, that's kind of the goofy nonsense that makes movies like these good. I don't want them to spend 20 minutes explaining the volume of the revving sound. Yeah. Um, so we've got our three surviving couples. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. They have a unique chase scene through the furniture store from the robots. And I say couples because they die together in the movie. Yes. I think it's a coincidence, but... As far as this movie is concerned, those who bust together, bite the dust together. I have a very good conspiracy theory, but I'll say it. Okay. Um, so, the surviving folk get into the back room of their store and lock it up. Around this time, Maul's main entry points are sealed for the night. Like you said, they have their little security lockdown during the night. Mm-hmm. Um, meaning they have to go through the air vents down to the parking area. Yeah, from, from midnight to, like, 6am, metal doors that you can't unlock close Do all them the, all in. Yeah, all the main entries and exits. Um, and while this is happening, we see the bots do a few things that should be either used more or elaborated on even the slightest bit. Number one, they have access to explosive gel. Yes. Just for this one bit. 
Um, and two, they're connected to the mall's computer systems. Mm-hmm. Um, they kill the phone lines and turn the air conditioning up super hot so the girls who get into the vents start to burn. Yeah. You'd think they'd use... They also can use the escalators. Hmm. And the elevators. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff that doesn't really get... At will. ...used much. You'd think if the guys are trying to run from you up a turned-off escalator, they would, like, make him go back or something. I don't know. They just... Well, no, because the escalators have to go the normal direction they go in. So you wouldn't turn it on while they're running up it, because then they would get to the top faster. It's it's shopping mall logic. You'd think you'd be able to come in reverse as well. No, because it's still a shopping mall. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot about all the realism in this movie. <laughs> Look, of course you would have a hardware paint store in the middle of a shopping mall. And also the car parts store. <laughs> and also the guns. It's America. That part's fine. And There's the another one. store that's only the size of like a normal store. Yeah. Weird. Um, so the men don't make it to the event. They have to make a run for it. They go looking for guns at a sporting goods store. And I love the quote in this bit, don't worry, I've got the keys. Before just breaking the window. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I like his keys. It's good one-liner. Yeah. So there's some good quotes in this movie. There's a lot of bad dialogue, but some of it's fun. It's it's so bad, it's good. So, yeah, it's got it's got chaos to it. You know that meme of the dude with the yellow sunglasses that's kind of blurry? He's like, oh, shit. Yeah. It, it has that vibe. Yeah. Um, there's a there's another quote where it's like, hey, nice shot, that gets carried on throughout the movie. And when the robots kill someone, they always finish with, have a nice day. Because well, they're, they're, they're more employees. You, so. Yeah. so the boys, they do their groovy kind of suit-up montage, and... You know, they get all their guns. I'm mm-hmm. getting, getting poked by a cat. Um, yep, so they start trying to fire at one of the three robots, and I think they're bulletproof, because it doesn't work. No. Uh, they knock it over by blowing up a propane tank, and they call the oil leaking out of it robot blood, which is astoundingly funny. Yeah, it's not really, like... Oh, what is that? Robot blood. It's like, no, that's not, that's not the scientific term for it. Um, meanwhile, the girls end up leaving the vents, and they get a healthy supply of Molotov cocktails to bring with them. Yeah, the the one chick's knowledge of like how stuff works is kind of strange. Yep, <laughs> they've all got hidden knowledge and talent. They're all sort of prepared for this. Mm. Um, so the two groups get back together after the guys start fucking around with the elevator. Mm. Uh, the robot gets back on its wheels. And the girls are attacked by a different robot. Because um, there's three robots. Yeah. And the, they're supposed to stay on their own level, but they don't. No, they don't. They immediately start using the elevators, which is weird because they don't have the sort of... They don't really have feet. Yeah, who needs feet when you've got tank blades? So th- this death was a funny one for me. The girls um, try to set the robot on fire. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work, so they run away. Um, Susie gets lasered in the leg and falls over. Yeah. She makes, like, no attempt to get up or crawl away. I timed it. She lays in place for a full 20 seconds of screen time before the robot lasers the Molotov in her hand. Once she's on fire, she gets up and starts fumbling around before she lays back down again. Proving once and for all, if your sweater is on fire for 16 seconds, you die. 
I, I understand her friends, like, not getting up to help her. No. Because... She, fall, she falls she down and she proceeds be, to just lay there. Yeah, she's perfectly okay enough to, you know... I, I understand if she doesn't want to stand up, but she could very easily crawl to where they're hiding behind the pot lines. There's a lot of options that are just not gone with, and then she dies, and we add another one to the kill count. Yep. Um, Which, as we know, must mean the pair is coming. That's right. So, the five surviving teens escape to the elevator trap they made. Yeah. Um, while people run up the turned-off escalator. Again, I wonder why they didn't have them, you know, reverse, but whatever. They could because just use stairs anyway. It doesn't really affect the story. Way. So, um, the robot goes into the elevator and they blow it up. Yep. Dropping the elevator to the ground and killing the robot inside. Well, we'd never see him, but we can assume. Yeah. The nice shot quote is repeated as we see Allison is trained with firearms because her dad is a Marine. Yep. Remembering earlier that she was flinchingly afraid of Attack of the Crab Monsters. Just the explosion. Yes, yep. Maybe she had PTSD. I don't know. She didn't like it, though. We um, did make fun of her for We did. So... So while the gang hides out, Kai, you noticed that Greg was a bit on edge after seeing his girlfriend burn to death? It's a little bit, Look, he, it's a little he bit grouchy. He didn't really enjoy it. Maybe he knows his time's coming because of the relationship rule. Um, so while, while I'm talking about him having angry characteristics in this part, did you like the characters in this movie overall? Um, I definitely didn't like the first couple that died. They're always that slutty, jockey, annoying I, I team that like always them. die first. All the tropes are very played into I'll, here. It's I like the married couple. The newlyweds. That's probably the only couple I like. I didn't mind the ringleader dude, but after he watches his girlfriend's burn, he just kind of loses his edge. Mm. I, you know, I, I don't know really what gives me that idea, but... So they decide to go and shut down the main computer. Which is a smart idea. Yeah, because it, it's powering the robots and kind all of their shenanigans and stuff. Um, so Greg, who's very on edge, runs ahead of them in just blind, dumb rage. Yep. He, ru- he runs up the elevator and he's like, the coast is clear beside a robot. Like, he, he made no, no he attempt to look at he all. He didn't look. No, uh, it tosses him over the railing. Yeah. First his love died and now him. Because those who poke together, croak together. Again, I really <laughs> think I've come up with a great conspiracy theory here. Well, i got one more of my little rhyming things. Okay. So, <laughs> we'll save it for that. After we get um, a, bit, uh, a bit less than award-winning acting and some garage door physics that weren't quite perfect, we just kind of looked at... What are you talking about? The part where we just looked at each other and went, what? It, it's fine. It's very... Right. So the surviving members of the group hide amongst the mannequins to get to get the drop on one of the robots. Like they put all their clothes on a mannequin and Well, no, yeah. they have a nap first. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was skipping over it because they just literally fucking have a nap in this movie. No, well, you've got to you've got to include the nap because you that's the, that what takes You need us, time to pass. That's what takes us through from midnight to like I don't know, I'm going to say we pick up our action again at like 2. Because we've only got a little bit left before the sun starts coming up. Yeah. Um. So one of the robots shoot a mirror 
and it lasers himself, which leads into like one of my favorite scenes. Oh no. So he starts to like have a computer crash. He sort of has a meltdown after he gets shot, shot. by his own laser. Yeah, he's all he's spinning around, he's all electrocuty. Not in the real kind, but in like the covered in lightning. Yes. Kind of way that movies like to do. You know, he's flailing he, and just he has firing a bizarre wildly. Force field. <laughs> yeah. Ferdy and Allison get by it as it's flipping out and Rick keeps shooting at it to like do cover fire. Yep. His wovel- <laughs> his lovely life, Linda. <laughs> his lovely life. Yep, his wife Linda, poor stupid, stupid Linda, just stands in front of the robot with no cover for a long time. I don't know why she chose to do that, but she gets shot in the tummy and dies instantly from the, you know, the inconsistent laser. Mm. Um, which brings our kill count to six. But the scene doesn't stop there, no sir. No. Rick gets on a scootery thing. Linda! What is that thing he gets in? It's like one of those things that drives luggage. I don't know. I just know it from airports. Yeah. Um, and he tries to run the robot over. At like... Lindo. At like, would you say walking speed? At it's most? less than walking speed. Yeah, he just kind of putters over to it. And when he hits the robot, he's also electrocuted. Well, I mean, it, it does have the glowing force field of death. Well, he shouldn't have touched it at such a high velocity speed. In a metal bucket. So he falls down dead, and the robot explodes, and Rick is replaced briefly by a mannequin so fucking bad. Oh, it's very clearly not a person. It has, like, different hair, and because <laughs> nothing like, about it's good. I have to go back to a previous kill. The mm. chick that the it shoots the Molotov cocktail yeah. in her hair. Originally, she turns into a mannequin yeah. when the first explosion goes off. Mm-hmm. But later on, you can see that she is lying there. She just has, like, a, fire a suit jacket on. or a fire suit or something, like, She's got the fire bodysuit because she's wearing the hood. Yeah. <laughs> when he explodes, he is purely a mannequin the entire time until they can go back to being a dead body. It's it's like the one from Married with Children. Like, it is so, so terrible. Bad. I fucking loved it. It's literally like they were like, oh, we just finished shooting with a bunch of mannequins. Do you think you they would s- notice if, uh, no? No. Um, and in this one scene, the couple die together, mm-hmm. proving that couples who mess up the sheets are couples that rest in peace. Okay. This is our last couple, isn't it? Spoilers, but yeah. No. See, this is where my thing comes in. All right, go. Because I know we've got our blind date couple. Mm-hmm. We've got Allison and Ferdy. All of the other couples point. Yeah, that's what I said. Allison and Ferdy didn't point. No, they got scared by a terrible film. Exactly. Do you think, by staying true to their hearts, they managed to cheat the code? Yeah, totally. Because every slasher movie is like this for some baffling reason. The innocent virgin lives. I don't know why that's a rule. No, but see, you Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, it's always got that rule for no fucking reason. I don't... Because the way that you were saying your theory is the fact that um, because we know Allison has to live. Yeah. That's why her couple survives. Because they're fucking dorks. That's fine, but... Does she survive because she's innocent and pure? Because we knew during the 80s, they're all about the PSA. 
Don't do drugs. Don't drink drive. Don't have sex in a mall. I don't think slasher movies were doing it politically on purpose. It was just a weird unwritten law. Like if the Scooby gang were getting chased by a dude with a knife, Velma would live. Except the fan fictiony version of Velma, which is always way hotter and way sluttier than the Daphne of today. I don't see... I don't know. Maybe it's my lack of slasher film knowledge. Yeah, but you'll you'll notice a pattern. The more we watch, you'll fucking be I like, "Why don't is this a thing?" Watch more. If this is the A caliber, I'm done for the day. It's my A caliber. It's the exact opposite of everyone else's. Guys, please check on me in two weeks. Yep. All right. So Allison and Ferdy are all that's left, but they make it to the floor with the main computer in it somewhere. They just gotta find it. Yeah, I like that they know which floor it's on. They just don't have any idea where it is. It's near the top. That's about the logic they went with. Pretty much. So they split up to find it. And I like that even in 1986, Verdi was like, splitting up never works, it's a dumb trope. They do it anyway. But I like that even then they knew it's fucking stupid. Yeah. And it's continued to be a horror trope ever since anyway. However, they do complain about it, so... Yeah, I like that they brought it up and then did it anyway. That's dumb. Yeah, you're right. Alright, I'll forget. Um, it doesn't matter too much, though, because when Allison gets cornered, Ferdy busts in and shoots the robot right in his laser eye thingy. She screams. Yep. Um, it chases him down, and he runs out of bullets and throws a fire extinguisher at the robot. Now, I laughed pretty fucking hard at this bit. Mm, you did. <laughs> because the fire extinguisher just bonks off the chest of the robot, and he just tosses it straight back at Ferdy. Yeah. <laughs> and it hits him in his tummy. He and he flies. dies. Yeah, he falls on his head well, and he dies. Well, uh, look, he, he does smash his head open on the tiled floor. Mm-hmm. But with the amount of, like, flying he does... Because he doesn't just, like, fall back. He falls back. Yeah, the robot threw that fire extinguisher so much harder than he did. Like, that fire extinguisher went from being, like, empty to being made of, like, mercury. Yeah. Like, doesn't make sense. It's amazing. So, Allison escapes into the pet store. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which makes for a weird scene, because the pet store apparently keeps its spiders and snakes on flimsy cat climbing trees. Yeah, I... Mm, yeah. Um, we see a real-life snake beat up tarantulas a little bit. Which, if you recall, we just kind of felt bad for the spiders getting whipped by the snake tail. I didn't. I know you didn't, but it seemed cruel. Um, it did, but... Yeah. And who's, who's out here advocating for spider rights? I don't know. They decided to replace them with fake ones when Allison gets up. Yeah. They and were probably worried that her movement would upset them. Look, they are shockingly fake in that, in that one shot. Now, I've watched a couple of versions of this for the episode. The VHS quality hides a lot of the, a lot of the, like, the bad practical effects. Right. Especially like the spiders or the mannequin earlier. But if you want a good life, you got to get that streaming version, or I assume the DVD quality one, because it shows the rough edges and it just makes it more fucking fun because of it. Oh, it was so bad. I know, isn't it? Isn't it delightful though? It was. It was bad. Bad movies are like unhealthy food. They're not good, but they're pretty good. You know. Yeah. Um. So here we are. This is it. We got one Allison. We got one laserless robot left. Yeah. She makes her way to the paint store. The industrial-ass paint store. She does get shot in the leg. Mm-hmm. So she's limping to the paint store. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she breaks through the window in a way that I didn't fully understand, even after repeated watchings. She, like, 
covers her head with her arm and just kind of like goes near the window and it just explodes. Well, Remember? So. Did she go up to it and then push through it? But then I don't. I don't no, know. No, well, I'm assuming if when you normally see when someone's like punching in a car window or something, they wrap themselves up. So oh that no, she wrapped her bleed. head. She just didn't use any force. She's kind well, of like. No, because walked up against it until it burst. They probably didn't want to, you know, Batman sixty six it. Yeah. So they probably pre-rigged the glass to break. I'm sure they did, and then she just goes up to it and waits for it to break. Yeah, <laughs> it's because they didn't want to hurt her. Yeah, not special effects, but for the for the in the movie universe, it's very confusing to look at. No, that's fine. Um, so she starts spilling paint into a big sludgy '80s pastel soup. It's very gross. It's terrible colours. Um, and the robot comes in after her and gets caught in the slipperiness of it. Mm-hmm. And Allison blows the fumy, flammable store up with a road flare. After throwing all of the fluorescent paint. Yeah. Um, and then she gives the line, have a nice day, back at the robot. Which is very intelligent, you know. It has, the, it has a cool echo on it for some reason. It's the only thing in the entire film with an echo in it. <laughs> I know, it's, it's great. Yeah. They did a. They did. They almost decided to do a dance remix of their own film for just a second there. It was weird. Yeah, and the nightmare seems to be over. But I hear it's you. Just a yeah, I hear you, my beautiful listener. My psychic hotline has you on speed dial, baby. I hear you out there, and you're asking me. I thought the rule was the couples die one after another in in succession. Yeah. And Allison survived. That's right, she did. That's where Ferdy emerges, a toilet paper roll soaking the blood off the back of his head. The, any opening is gone. He's 100% A-OK. He was just unconscious. And these two are going to be fine. Because those who don't get laid, don't get slayed. Ah, you have forgot to mention. Hmm? We know that he's alive. And that it is definitely him, not a robot. Because he calls out. Nice shot. Yeah, he says it like four times in this movie. Look, he's very attached to his blind date. Yeah, their bodies. And as suddenly as the movie began, it ended. There's no wind-up. We don't see them get out of the mall. They blow it up. They hug. And the movie ends. They're hanging in the sunlight, so we know that the doors are going to open at some point. I guess, but there's like no wind-down or nothing. They're just like, we did the main event. All right, good night, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of did. A little. What did you think of the movie? Um, it was confusing. What are your overall thoughts? It's confusing. I think. If you've got a couple of hours up your sleeve in the next, you know, few weeks, give it a watch. But if it's you not hard don't to get find. around to watching it, you haven't missed a lot. I don't, it's not one of those films that you need to see. No, it's no. the epitome of B-grade 80s. Though. If you are bored and you're like, look. I could, you know, watch something. I say give it a look. I know you're not recommending it, but I am. I'm not recommending it. I know. But if you've got the, time. But for the sake of, like, not watching another Hollywood fucking reboot and watching some dumb, unique idea for what uh, it is. Technically, this is a Hollywood reboot. It's not a reboot. It's inspired by a, f- a movie called Gog, which no, is just about a killer a robot. Because it came out the Oh, it's a reboot it of itself. <laughs> Technically, this is the original Hollywood reboot. I wouldn't say it's original. They've happened a million times. There'd be some fucking Macbeth or Tarzan would be the original reboot. 
This is the original. It's the most reboot ever because they didn't replace anything. They took out like the soonest reboot. They took out like less than twenty minutes of footage and then just re-put it out. Other movies, they take like decades before they get rebooted. They did it the same year. Not even. Exactly. Original Hollywood, just oh, sitting over here. It's not a reboot. Look, it's I like the main reboot. I like it because it's a wacky, unique idea. They were gonna reboot it in 2011. They announced they were working on it. We are currently at oh, what's the time? 2020. So I don't think that's happening. Look, we might need it now. Maybe that's what we're missing in our lives. It doesn't work. So no one really goes to malls anymore. Also, it would probably just be like a Roomba. Yeah, I don't know, like Amazon drones or something. I saw a drone fly through someone's lounge window the other morning. It was very entertaining. Okay. Not in real life. It was a video on YouTube. But... Alright. Yeah. You want to get into homework now? You happy? Sure, let's homework it. Um, this movie has robots in it. It does. Do you Three. Have, do you have a favourite robot? Um, I do. Mm-hmm. I like Wally. Wally? Wally. He just wants to put stuff in a cubes. He does. He knows He knows his job. Mm. And he's all about his job. But he still has, like, this great little personality there. He likes to collect things. He likes old Broadway musicals. Oh, that's, that's why you like him. He likes old-timey things. He is, and he's just doing his best. And then he finds this thing that's super exciting, and some bitch woman comes and tries Dave. to steal it. And he's like... Hey, I like that thing. And then she's like, hey, I kind of like you. And then they manage to completely fix the human race from its stupidness. Yeah, because they kiss on the fire extinguisher like in the space. Yeah. I remember that bit, I think. That does happen. Everyone's really fat. Everyone is really fat. Yeah, that was sure. And I, I like his little cockroach friend that refuses to die. Now, is he a robot you would want or just a robot you respect? Ah, uh, both. Okay. However, I slightly worry him going around our house, like, compacting things. It would end badly. Yeah, he'd smush all my stuff. Yeah. Um. So maybe, no, you know who, you know who, so from that universe, because, mm-hmm. you know, we're talking multi-robots you, here. You're going to say the little vacuumy brush and shovel dude? Love mob. Yeah. He's just a Roomba. Just an angry Roomba. Yeah, but he's a square Roomba. Alright, we'll get you a square Roomba and we'll draw angry eyebrows on it and you're there. Can we get, can we get a Roomba and call it Mob? If you want. Mob. Okay. <laughs> so the robot I would want okay, is go Goddard ahead. from Jimmy Neutron. Because he's oh, super cool. intelligent, he's always convenient, and he turned into a motorbike. Yeah, but I don't want a dog that is a robot that is smarter than me. He's just handy to have around. My favourite robot would be Bender. Why do I want a robot that's an asshole? Yeah, exactly. There's a difference. There's a difference between best robot and handiest robot. This is true. But you you can't go past Bender. He's probably the best one. No, he's an asshole. I don't want Astro Boy because he's dumb. He gave himself to a circus. That is true. He did. But I mean, what else are you gonna do? I don't know. He could keep chasing that fucking dragonfly around. I didn't get far. I only made it two episodes in, so I don't know of any other references. Nice. But he doesn't wear pants, and I don't want a boy not wearing pants around me in public. I'd get arrested. 
I'm, yeah, I'm not down. Yeah, so that's why Bender wins. Goddard's uh, handy, Bender's great. I'm, I'm Them's staying, the rules. I'm staying in the, um, I'm staying in, in the Wally universe. Okay, if you could, if you had to pick one store to survive the security robots, what would it be? What do you mean, like one from the... One from, film one from or? shopping mall, yeah. But you don't get a mall, you only get one store. I don't care about any of them. I would say Bunnings. It wasn't Bunnings, though. This is... Oh, for fuck's sake. It's a hypothetical. If you had to pick a store... You said from the film. I didn't the, like any of the... The bots from the film. Oh, so if I had to survive in a store... With the robot from the film. Oh, I thought you meant what Which is my store favorite store. From the film, and I'm like. The furniture store. I'm, I'm like. Mm-hmm. The paint store, because that's where you win. Well, that's what I thought you were talking about. Then, like, Bunnings wasn't in there. No, I mean, if you had to pick one. Um. If I wanted to be locked in a store with, for six hours with a, bot. With a killer robot. You only have to do one. Um. Definitely not a pet shop. No, because all the spiders will fall down. That's a bad idea. And was there a bat swinging from the ceiling in that scene? I don't know. Maybe. There was something on a string. We'll come back to that. Will we? We won't. I'm lying. It it gets its own episode next week on the School for Wayward Nerds podcast. The bat on strings physics. We're going to talk about the bat grapple. We're going to talk about the bat from Chopping Mall. And a third example. Do you know I can actually link Batman to this episode? If you want. Okay. You can. You ready for some magic? Alright. So, you commented how in our first couple's death, Mm -hmm. he uses the phrase from the day the earth stood still. So the man who is the main character in the day the earth stood still also played Sandman in Batman 66. Well done. Alright, check this out. Alright. This mall is the same mall they filmed Commando. Commando starring um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, who is also Mr. Freeze in Batman and Robin. No, that's a good link. High five. I will give you that. We did it. And on that note, and we've we're done. we talked about, you know, the Gremlins crossover. Yeah. That's all, those are all the things I like. <laughs> Everything is Batman. We did it. Um, and, and Batman and Robin is a continue on... From Batman Forever. Always. And ladies and gentlemen, that is a callback to the first ten episodes of this podcast where Toby always tried to get his Batman Forever reference. It got tricky after a while. Look, I will give you a callback when I can. Mm-hmm. Alright, I'm happy. Are you happy? No, not really. I'm pretty tired. Well, there you go. I've been your host, Toby DePolo. I've been joined by our producer, Kyle. I'm here. I'm Klaatu Barada Nikto, everybody. Class dismissed. Do 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 do